Uh, welcome to another edition of An Inquiry into Freedom with your hosts, Ron and Alan. So, Ron, uh, prior to, to going on uh, the air here, I was mentioning how I had a conversation with my father. It was his birthday yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting to me, um, and I won't get into the, the whole conversation, but he, he was getting ready to go and, and eat dinner and stuff. It was his birthday, so... I. I He's very difficult to have a conversation with because uh, of his political affiliation. But even beyond that, he doesn't like want to give you a chance to uh, rebut or debate what he says or what the conversation's subject is. So I, I, I got down to one thing before he left. And I said, Dad, I want you to, I'm going to ask you a simple question. I don't want you to filibuster me. I want you to answer the question. Uh, because we had talked about numerous things. And I said, do you think or believe that Joe Biden, failed presidential candidate two times, that nobody is like? for the most part, received 80, 80 million plus votes in the last election. Well, there was no fraud. Oh. And I said, well, it's been proven that there was fraud. Well, and, and, and here's the talking points that, 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 and this is part of the thing that I mentioned to, to you, and, and he got angry when I said the same thing to him about boomers. And I said, I'm not painting an entire generation. There are, there are plenty of pe good people in the boomer generation, just like there are plenty of good people in, the, in my generation, which is Generation X. There are plenty of good people in the millennial generation. I'm not saying that every single buddy is guilty of anything. Um, but this is part of the problem with the boomer generation is that you, you guys... Uh, were conditioned to believe that the government was always telling you the truth and what you saw on uh, the nightly news was the gospel. And I said, I, I, I disagree. I said, but I want you to answer the question specifically. Do you believe or do you think that Joe Biden received 80 plus million votes, the most in history and more than Barack Obama, not once but twice? the first black president of the United States. Do you believe that he got that many votes? And shockingly, he said, no, probably not. I said, so that means there was fraud. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't enough to change the election. And I said, as, a, as, a, as someone who claims to be a patriot and someone who is an American citizen, for them to say that, yeah, there was fraud, but it wasn't enough, you should be saying we should not put uh, we should not put up with any kind of fraud. It doesn't matter who the candidate is. I said, we had to listen to, you know, the, the, the Democrats uh, say that 2016 was an illegit illegitimate election and that Donald Trump was not a legitimate president. And they stood up in, in, in the uh, uh, Senate and wanted to decertify the election, just like Trump wanted to do. And, I, and his whole rebuttal was that Donald Trump is a moron. And this is where he got angry with me. I said, I, I could claim that you're a moron. 
What does that have to do with being the president? And I'll admit he's loud, he's obnoxious, he's bombastic, he's, he's kind of narcissistic and, you know, but what does that mean when it comes to being the president? If you're doing a good job, if your policies are good for the country, if, you know, uh, the economy is good and, and jobs are good, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? I don't understand that. Can you be more specific? And he said, I told you, he's a moron. And I go, what does that mean? What does that mean? And I have seen many people do this, where they, they throw a label out there and that justifies their dislike or, or their, uh, um, their qualifications for him being the president. And I'm like, tell me one policy that he put in place that wasn't good. Just like I'd like you to tell me one policy that, that the Biden administration has put in place that is good. I could name several. And so it's just another example of how the Democrats think, um, what they believe in, and how they are all on the same page. Well, Donald Trump's a moron, or Donald Trump's a racist, or Donald Trump's a homophobe, or Donald Trump is, uh, you know, a Nazi. And I could say that about you, Ron. Well, the does thing that, is, does that make every, it true? Does that, you know, I yeah, have everything, I have, everything though that you just said though about what they'd say about Trump is what is true for Biden. You know, he is a moron. Well, I mean, have you ever seen any? Have you ever, have you ever even heard a rumor of a president being dumber than than Biden? Well, so it, I mean, you can you can see, you know, let's say you could make a case for Trump being a moron. Okay, well then, by golly, what does that make Biden? Well, the other thing I, I, I asked to, yeah, that, no, for sure, call, calling Biden a moron would be a compliment. That would be a compliment for him. Yeah. yeah. So um, it, it gets all all that stuff gets so relative, and uh, and yet I get the whole point of you know they just try to do a bumper sticker on why they will or will not vote for somebody, and that's just not an intellectual argument. That's just I don't know. No, because I asked for specifics, and he said the one thing. Uh, see if I can remember what he said. Oh, the one thing that he did and should be hung for was January 6th. And I said, were you there? I said, were you there? He said, I don't understand. You know, Donald Trump was in charge, and, and why wasn't there a military presence? And I said, you, you do realize. I mean, he called me Mr. Know-it-all. And, and I think the reason that, that the left does that to someone like me or to you or or anyone else that has some substance with their argument, you're a know-it-all. Because they don't like to hear the facts. And the fact of the matter is that Donald Trump asked for a uh, National Guard presence. And guess who turned him down? And, mm -hmm. I, and I'm asking him these things. I said, guess who turned him down? He's like, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think he asked for a, a National Guard presence. And I said, he sure did. 
And do you know who was in charge of that decision? Uh, no. And I said, Nancy Pelosi. She, she told him no. And I said, I was there. And, 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 and he said, I know you were. And I said, so take it from someone who was there that witnessed the whole freaking thing other than the breach. Uh, and he's like, well, those people didn't belong in the, in, the, uh, in the Capitol. And I said, maybe not. That's debatable. It's the people's house. It's a public place. Uh, just like I had mentioned, my wife was denied going into the courtroom. It's a public place. Yeah, how can they be trespassing in the people's house? Uh, well, he, he's like, they, 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 they should have never let him pass the gates. Well, I mean, that's, that's up for debate, too. There's video of them opening the gates and letting them in. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so I understand your point. And I said, I may agree that those people who went into the Capitol uh, um, and, and caused destruction— and, and maybe some of them retaliated against the Capitol Police were, were not correct. They were not right in what they were doing. But you, un, you do understand that's the people's house. Because he kept saying, I couldn't even go in there. And I said, what are you talking about? It's the people's house. It's public property. It's not owned by anyone. Yeah, I've been there. I mean, I, sh I can walk in there today or should be able to and walk up to any representative's uh, office door and knock on it, and they should answer it. And I can say, hey, I'd like to, you know, uh, air out some grievances here. Now, whether they agree to meet with you or not, that, that, that's their prerogative, and maybe they don't. Maybe they're not even there. Maybe if they are, they're, mm -hmm. in, a, they're in a vote or a committee or something. Maybe, maybe they're yeah, just... Yeah. You have to set up an appointment. Yeah, no, I know. get that. But if you randomly yeah. walked in there and did that, that's not against the law. No, you're right. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know if there's anybody out there that's ever tried to make an appointment with one of these people. Um, but based on uh, personal experience, they won't even return your phone call. So, no, so the chances no, of that happening are probably slim to none anymore because they have better things to do than listen to their constituents. They have better things no. to do to rep than represent the people that they were elected to represent. Actually, we set up something through both because Tom Tancredo's office was downstairs from mine when I had my office in a little bit. Uh, he was a Colorado. But that was years ago. I'm talking about, you know, current yeah. times. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what, how hard it is, but my point is, is that if you go through your senator or uh, representative, whatever state you're in and then whatever district you're in, if you just go to contact their office and say, I'm going to be in Washington, D.C., um, in three months, and if uh, Congressman so-and-so, Senator so-and-so is there, I would like to meet him for 10 minutes, just to say hello, sign a flag, or whatever, you know, uh, or talk about, yeah, I don't care, the Defense Department budget, you know, but I'm a, I'm a constituent, this is where I live, blah, 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 blah. Um, 
most of the time you can get in if, as long as you're respectful and that sort of thing. I mean, they'll ask and and verify an address and all that sort of thing, which they should. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't disagree with yeah. being. I mean, you know, cautious for you, sure. You'd have to at least do that much to meet with me in those days. Yeah, right. So, um, you know, there's a, a certain amount of due diligence you have to do with that up an appointment because I could spend all my days meeting with people. And bless you. I, I couldn't you. get anything done. And same with these people, but. If you're respectful enough to set it up ahead of time, they, they can get you on the calendar. And it's amazing uh, to be able to do that, to walk through the Senate office building and meet your senator or your, you know, your, your representative. And uh, it's it's a cool thing, but you have to do it in advance. If you walk in there and then act like you're Mr. or Mrs. Uh, I'm so insulted, I this is my place. Well, sorry, but you know, you couldn't get in to see your own banker that way, you know, or your own Mary Kay Cosmetics lady that way. So, you know, don't walk through there and expect someone who's got half the country yelling at them to make time to see you when, you know, they're actually in Montana or something instead. So, um, but that's that was my experience. Now, what it's like now, 20 years later, I don't know. Well, I can uh, tell you just by calling, I wasn't received very well by uh, either Marsha Blackburn's or Tim Burchett's uh, staff. Really? As a matter of fact, I, they, I, they treated me very rudely, and uh, I, I was livid by the time I hung up, more, more so on the Marsha Blackburn side than on Tim Burchett's. But Tim Burchett's was a little more mild. Um, uh, and I can't remember what it was. It was either th during the impeachment or whatever. Uh, but I called to, you know, ask what is, what are you doing, you know, to rebuff this or or whatever. And I was told in, in no uncertain terms, uh, she doesn't have time for you, and don't expect a return call. And I thought, what? What? W wait a minute here. <laughs> And, and some people listening to the show may say, well, who are you? I'm we the people, assholes. Understand that. Understand your role and how our government operates and what they do. You don't answer to them, they answer to you. And until and unless you realize that and come to grips with it, we're going to see our rights taken away Faster and faster, and 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 it's it's going to be an afterthought for you in no time at all because they're not going to hesitate. I mean, it. I was uh, was it one of the articles you sent me where uh, I think it was the Rockwell uh, piece where he said. Uh, you know, the lack of interest, in, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but towards the bottom of that, I think it was the, the cliff note, <clears throat> where he said that, uh, you know, the, the lack of people uh, seeing what's going on and, and failing to do something about it, and before you know it, it's all over. Yeah. 
And and that's part of the you know other than you know constitutionality and 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 our rights go that's part of a big part of this podcast is to teach people you know that that don't understand or don't want to take the time to understand their rights and how every day your rights are being violated by both parties. By both parties. Absolutely. And I, yeah. So one of the things that I talked to my dad that, about. You just proved that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that I talked to my dad about, and, and by the time we were done, he had made uh, several points, and I agreed with a, a lot of what he had to say, and I said, that's where, see, that's where the disconnect is, or that's where the intentional division comes from, is that there are a lot of things that you believe or have been conditioned to believe that I also believe that that we're that not that far apart. You know, he he was like, I'm you know, I I, I don't want to say I'm anti-gun because I, I I you know I'm a Democrat or I tend to lean towards the Democrats. But I'm not anti-gun. I just think that certain people shouldn't own a gun. And I go, you'd be shocked to uh, uh, hear this, but I agree with you. And most conservatives or Republicans are those on the right would agree with you too. It's how we get there that we don't agree on. You know, red flag laws and confiscation and, you know, uh, certain things that the, the left is proposing is to the extreme. But But I would say that if someone has a mental illness or or has a propensity for violence, they shouldn't own a gun. But I'm not saying that everybody should turn their guns in, and I'm not sh- saying that there should be a ban on any weapons. Well, the, the part that we disagree on is he thinks that my AR-15 is a machine gun. And I said, Dad, you were in the military, and, and he even told me, I was in the real military. You weren't. Okay, I'll give you that. I'm not going to argue that. Um, there were many, many problems when I was in the military in the late 80s and early 90s. And, and it hasn't gotten any better. So we'll agree on that. But you know what a machine gun is. And an AR-15 is not a machine gun. And, and it looks, you know, an AR-15 by its looks, uh, to some people, looks like a very bad weapon. And I said, you know, you do know that the AR-15 shoots about the same caliber as a 22 rifle. It just has a big, it just looks bigger. So how is that a machine gun? Well, and they haven't made the original. They haven't made a true AR-15 in what four decades? Yeah, I mean the so, one, the one with the fully automatic trigger. But the point is, is this is how they're I mean, conditioned. They had, the, they had the select trigger, select shot trigger at one time, which went away. Now it's only one at a time, semi-automatic. Right. And uh, it just lo- reloads automatic. So um, that feature went away when it when the patent was sold. Yeah. Well, uh, so he know, also... For military stuff. So, so he, al- he also said, I own a three fifty seven revolver. Good for you. 
I don't think you need to have a, a, a nine millimeter uh, that holds, you know, more rounds than my revolver does. But this is, this is the conditioning I'm talking about. Why? Give me, yeah. give me a, a legitimate reason why I shouldn't be able to own a nine millimeter or I shouldn't be able to own a, 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 an AR-15. Because if you want to sit here and tell me those are weapons of war, everything is a weapon of war from a nuclear bomb to a Swiss army knife. It depends on how it's used and who's wielding it. Yeah. And so so, so the argument of weapons of war is ridiculous to me because a weapon of war could be a baseball bat. Yeah. Hell, a machete, or a, 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 not a machete, but I don't know the technical term for the, uh, I, I do, but it, it escapes me right now. But during the war, when they had the, the knife, the knife on the end of the rifle. Oh, the bayonet. The bayonet, bayonet. A bayonet is a weapon of war, right? It is, yeah. Based on how how it was being used, what it was being used for, and the person wielding it. A oh, you know, a knife. The, the scariest one though was the semi-automatic bayonet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very dangerous. The fully yeah. auto. The fully auto. <laughs> fully bayonet. automatic. The yeah. fully auto bayonet was uh, devastating. Uh, Those were so devastating that they weren't even allowed to produce them anymore. Yeah. So I mean, the turkeys were so against it that the not the Turkish, the Turkey. But you get my point, sure. right? Yeah, I do. I, I That's why I'm mocking it. Yeah, so I don't want to. I'm like, and, and what does that have to do with mental health? I mean, well, so see, that's the, agree, and that's the, uh, and that's the biggest, that's the elephant in the room, is it not? That these people, these, these pol politicians and bureaucrats, they don't want to address that. They think, they, they, they think and are conditioning people to, to believe that the only answer is banning weapons, period. They want to be like yeah. New Zealand or Australia. Uh, or, you know, they want to go the European way, like everything else that we do in this country. We're, we're not America anymore. Uh, they, want, they want to confiscate, re uh, do a buyback program, or ban weapons. Period. That's the only answer that they have. And when you bring up these certain things, uh, the UK is a prime example where they, they banned weapons. And, and now, now people will just walk down the street and get their heads cut off by the, the semi-automatic or the fully automatic bayonet. So, well, so, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a weapon of war. Uh, yeah, a, I'm, a, like, I'm a rock. I just started hearing this this weapon of war bullshit. It's just started. Because it has, and that's I, the manipulation of the language. Yeah, because I'm like, well, I'm the same as you. As far as I'm concerned, a weapon of war is anything that kills somebody. And uh, I can, I don't know, I hear some a ballpoint pin on my desk and I can kill almost anyone with it just by putting it up to their ear and driving it into their brain. Yeah. So uh, there's a line and I know it's a movie. Um, I don't know if you watch the John Wick movies, but, but there's a line. Oh. In the, 
There, there's a line in there that uh, a guy says, I once saw John Wick or Baba Yaga kill three men in a bar with a pencil. So is that a, is that a weapon of war? Mm, oh, yeah. And I know that's because a fictitious... The, the pen, I, I'm the just pen making a and point pencil here. is mightier than the sword. Yeah. <laughs> According to Barack Obama, it is. Yeah. Well, he, he was a pea brain. Yeah. So the, uh, the real point that I think you're making is, is that when the ball keeps getting moved and the subject keeps getting changed, it just tells us that they're not serious about the arguments they're making. What they're serious about is doing something with whatever the topic is. Like in this case, it's guns. They just want them to go away. So as soon as they start losing on one argument, they're going to switch to another one. And they're really not about solving the problem. And that's where we, we non-Marxists differ from them is that we're, we're problem solvers. And I don't have a problem with guns. I don't have a problem with my guns. You'll see this in my book when you get it. That um, I, I go through a rather sarcastic review of gun violence because it's, uh, let's just say this, that people who consider themselves liberal, who are really Marxists, won't, read more than 20 pages of my book because it's just full of landmines that will trigger people to the point where they can't even, there'll be so much cognitive dissonance that they won't be able to understand anything. But I, those are the people I'm writing about, not the people I'm writing for. Yeah. Um, but it goes through basically, uh, I've had guns since I was nine years old. Not one of them has ever gotten out of it safe and uh, gone downtown, shot anybody, um, and then gone by the uh, the the shooting store for uh, for a hot oil massage and the Dairy Queen for a blizzard and then returned home and uh, with several dead bodies on it. It's never happened. The guns are not violent. The people who use the guns. That's that's the the, yeah. So yeah, it's that dripping with sarcasm is the, is the point I'm making is that if you're that freaking stupid, I don't even want to talk to you. Well, it's one because of the things that he said to a me. A pencil is not violent. No, as, as it's it's the person that's holding it. That's right. And if we can't agree with on that as human beings, then I mean, I wonder how many agree. I wonder how many people were hit over the head with a pool cue when they were drinking at the bar and playing a game of pool and, and somebody was angry because they lost and they went over and smacked a guy over the head with a pool cue. Is that a, a weapon of war? Or, or is that just plain stupidity? To me, it's not a weapon of war, although by definition, and, and as far as the left goes, uh, they they may they may not ever bring that particular subject up, but the way they portray weapons of war is exactly what I'm talking about. Is that somebody took something and used it to injure somebody else or kill them? 
So if that person who got whacked over the head with a pool cue, the person wielding the pool cue is, is using a weapon of war. But that's not what it really is. What it really is is the person that's wielding the pool cue has an anger management issue or, or something else yeah. going on that caused him to make the conscious decision to walk over and whack the guy over the head with the pool cue. It's not yeah. the pool cue's fault. It, it, the pool cue didn't act on its own and go, oh, my gosh. The pool cue has a mind, and he thought to himself, I can't believe yeah. that I just let this guy, this other pool cue, beat me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. um, you know, to get my own justice here by whacking this other guy over the head. Well, or, or get a law passed to stop uh, pool cue violence. <laughs> um, yeah, why well, not? Why one, not? Of the, one of the guys in that book was killed by uh, a hammer. Not just any old hammer. In fact, I went to a lot of trouble to determine exactly what kind of old hammer it was. But at any rate, um, you'll you'll see that. But uh, well, we didn't outlaw. What, but the point in the in the front of the book is that there's no movement out there to stop hammer violence, and yet hammers kill as many people every year as guns do. Um. Knives are, are especially bad, but like your to your point about the pool cue guy, rather than argue about the pool cue or a knife or a gun or what have you, his most likely violent act is going to be against a domestic partner, a wife or boyfriend or whatever. Um, the odds are that'll happen, right? Yeah. You no, know, you you were the cop, not me. Uh, I mean, you had the the training. Um, isn't that a, a a more likely thing to happen than than some violence with a stranger? Isn't it more likely to be domestic violence? So, by not addressing the problem of of weapons and why are they using them, then you just forgot about a lot of your constituency, which is men and women who suffer from domestic violence. How do we put an end to that madness? Well, if you're not going to address it honestly, then, then you never get the problem solved. So they're, they're just too busy stirring up division and hatred and stuff to ever solve anything. It's never about what they say they're doing. Well, no, it's, doing. it's so... We'll go back to the comment he made about uh, what did it, because I think, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, shockingly, I believe my father voted for Donald Trump uh, in 2016. Uh, he certainly didn't have anything bad to say about him then. But he, again, he said, the thing that did it for me, and, and he's not a Biden fan. However, he said what did it for him with Biden was, uh, I, I can't remember, uh, wasn't that, that important. But he said if I was to vote today and that was my only two choices, I would vote for Joe Biden. Because Donald Trump, um, and this is, this is coming from the mass media, and, and that's what I told him, and he didn't, he didn't say much about it, when I said you've been conditioned, but you also listen to the media too much. Um, 
is that Donald Trump was responsible for what, what those people did on January 6th. And I said, how? And I said, it, it, so if he, even if he was, uh, are, you're claiming that, that people, that he commanded people to do what they did. And even if he didn't, they did it on his behalf. So if your daughter goes out and, and does something illegal, are you responsible? He said, yeah, I am. And I said, why? Well, because I didn't raise her right. And I said, you do understand that people think on their own and they have free will. So for example, I, if I would have been there when, when people were you know, knocking the doors down or whatever they were doing to try to get into the, the, the uh, Capitol that day, I would not have been one of them. Now, I just got done saying that I can walk into the Capitol at any time. But this is a unique circumstance as far as I'm concerned. And if you pay attention to what Donald Trump said, he said, we'll peacefully and, and uh, patriotically walk to the Capitol and let our voices be heard. He didn't say, we'll, we'll make a dead sprint for the Capitol and, and storm the doors. He didn't say anything like that. That's the big argument. But even if he had, even if he had said that, I wouldn't have done, I, I'm, not, I'm not controlled by a, any one person or any one idea. I make decisions on my own. And yeah. I, I think that that's where, there, that's, a, that's a fundamental difference between the, uh, the left and the right, is that the left does everything the left does. The left does everything the left says what they should do. When, when you see Maxine Waters and Cory Booker and all these people, if you see these people in public, get in their face, tell them they're not welcome. And guess what? That's what they do. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't see, you don't see Republicans. And, and as, as much as I, I, uh, I talk about the left, it's because they're the extreme. If the right was the extreme, I would also talk about them in the same manner. Now, I'm not saying that the right is perfect and that they don't have their flaws and that there's not Marxists on the right and there's not illegitimate people that, sh that don't belong. And I mentioned that to my father. I said, Mitt Romney, John McCain. I mean, there's numerous people on the right that should not be involved in politics because they're not there for the right reasons. But nobody dictates to me anything. Whether it's Donald Trump or the Pope, you don't dictate how I live my life. And, and isn't that basically our, our whole purpose? It, it's one of yeah. the major ones for our, our podcast. Nobody dictates yeah. to me anything. I live by the law of the land, which is the Constitution of the United States, and that we are a constitu constitutional republic. Other well, than that, other exactly. than that, the Marxists don't have any control over me at all, not a single bit, an ounce of control over me at all. And if, if Donald Trump would have said, 
run your asses down to the Capitol and tear it down, I'd have been like, yeah, nah, not a good idea, buddy. But he didn't do that. So why, why, why is he responsible for the actions of other people? Why, why would I be responsible? And I know the left has tried to make this the law. That if your son or daughter gets into a DUI and kills somebody, that you're partially responsible. What? I, didn't, I, I wasn't there and made them drink till they were inebriate, inebriated to the point that they, they couldn't drive. And I didn't say, oh, it's okay. You've been driving 10 years. Go ahead and get in your car and drive home. And then they, they hurt or kill someone. Why would I be responsible? I know the left has tried to make a, 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 a parent responsible for their child or their teenager going out and killing someone, a school or, or you know, a mall shooting or whatever. Why would I be responsible for that? Yeah. You have free will. And if you don't know the difference between right and wrong, you have a mental illness. If you have no, if you have no sympathy or em empathy for the, your fellow human being, you have a mental illness. You know, my dad brought up, well, if you did, you know, he says, I have bad memories of Columbine and, and, and some of the other shootings. And I said, any person who has a soul uh, would have feelings about that. We just happen to differ on on the solution. You don't think I should own certain weapons? And, and I think that people who have a tendency to be violent or a tendency to, be, to not have empathy or sympathy are the ones that should be banned from owning weapons. I don't disagree with that. I don't think there's a Republican or a conservative or even a Democrat. I said, you're a Democrat and you own guns. I've mentioned numerous times on our show that, that any conservative or Republican who thinks that every Democrat is anti-gun is mistaken. I think the difference lies in the solution to mass shootings or what are considered mass shootings and, and the banning and outlawing of certain weapons and, and, and certain you know, ammunition and, and whatever else they want to ban. It's not going to solve the problem. You know, there have been uh, states and, and, and cities who have passed laws that says, you know, you can't own an AR-15. And sheriffs across the country said, we're not enforcing that. It's unconstitutional. And the thing that I wanted to point out to him more than anything was the Second Amendment shall not be infringed. What part of that is, is negotiable? What part of that is not absolute? Yeah. It, it doesn't say that you're limited to owning a, a one-shot musket. Where, where does it say that? Anywhere. You're, you're, you're making it up. Mm -hmm. You either want it as a living document or you don't. But you can't have it both ways. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's the old, the, stand, the standard they want to apply is whatever they want to apply. 
it's not the same standard. You they're know, not, it, yeah, they're not consistent for sure. Yeah, I mean, it would be uh, basically uh, cruel and unusual punishment, or in other words, what the legal term is, is arbitrary and capricious, um, where they just randomly make up whatever the king's will is that day on whatever the charge is. And then they either hang the person or hit them on the wrist with a ruler or make up shit. Um, instead of having some sort of uh, consistent judicial system that applies everything to all the people equally, which is a very tough standard, but that is our standard, even though we do not live up to it. Um, but that is so far off topic. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you know all, all of a sudden you're getting into, well, now, wait a second. Um you, you just wander all over the damn place and you've not solved the gun problem yet. So is the gun pro is the gun violence thing not really what you're concerned about? Well, all you gotta do is look well, back no, at no no it's not, actually. Right? Yeah, it's, no. It's not what it's they're not. concerned about. Mm. What they're concerned about is they wanna be in charge. They wanna have their way. And if it's not acceptable to them, then they're going to pitch a fit until they do have their way. I mean, it's just how the, the left operates. They're going to riot. They're going to kill people. They're going to burn buildings down. And that, that part of the dialectic is filled with the Democrat Party in this country. So the other part of the dialectic is let's be reasonable. Let's find a way to talk and have find the peace Let's find, let's give peace a chance here. And that's the Republican part of the uh, Hegelian dialectic in this country. The, the problem is, is that too few of us recognize what is going on and that we're all being just led down to the slaughterhouse by two different political parties that have the same goal in mind. They want to run the asylum. Yeah, I guess you just have to choose which extreme you want to be a part of. Well, yeah, because they're they're actually playing on the same team because they want to be in charge. They will not argue over who gets to be in charge of the other one until after they're in charge of everyone else. That's the problem with totalitarianism. They're they're on the same team now, even though they don't get along. You know, they're they're basically uh, well, like people used to tell us, Babe Ruth and uh, Lou Gehrig were, where they weren't really friends and they weren't really so and so, even though they were the best of friends. They had a ton of respect for one another, but the media always told us that they didn't belong well, right? The the sports writers. Um, they were stirring up division in the Yankees. Um, so we basically have the two Republican parties playing off of one another to get us all controlled. And those of us who think on our own aren't going to be led down that path. But there's too few of us. Yeah, and i tell you what I saw the other day. Uh, last night, as a matter of fact. Um, I don't watch a whole lot of professional sports. Uh, 
I watched the national championship last night. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I like college football. Uh, I think, you know, I've thought for years that there is a level of um, uh, fixing games uh, and not necessarily like wrestling where they determine who the winner is, but I think there are, there are certain r ways that games are, are determined uh, when they're when they're played, and whether that's through the referees or whatever. Um, so I'm not I'm not a big advocate for sports anymore. I mean, why would they have? They bet on virtually everything. Uh, and injury reports and all this stuff. I mean, I, I think. It, even NASCAR, I think there's a level of corruption in sports that, um, you know, can determine the outcome. But anyway, watching, and, and I happened to watch the post-game uh, show, and uh, on the ticker at the bottom, they mentioned that Pete Carroll is going to come back and, and coach the Seahawks next year. Oh, had he left? <laughs> Sorry, I had no idea he left. <laughs> no, he's been there for uh, 14 seasons, I think. He's been oh, there a long okay. time. Yeah, so so it, he's been there 14 seasons. Ten of those he has uh, gone to the playoffs. They won a Super Bowl. And two of the last three he's not made the playoffs. But here's the thing that I noticed. He's the oldest coach in, in the NFL at 77 years old. And they made that a specific point. And they, you know, he's the oldest coach in football. He's 77 years old. Hasn't made the playoffs in, in two of the last three years. Uh, and I thought, so we're going to be more concerned about a football coach in his age and whether he's capable of coaching anymore than we are the goddamn president of the United States. And, and, sure. and Pete Carroll went on to say, I feel great. I feel, I, you know, he, he runs up and down the sideline. I mean, he's not falling over. He's does he not. Use, does he use uh, one of those cue cards? Yeah, he, he's, I mean, <laughs> he's lucid for God's sakes. And you don't have to walk up to him and stick your finger under his nose for proof of life every five minutes. Yeah. So they're basically conditioning us, yeah. And, and, and so I, I just, that stood out to me, and I thought, man, how backwards are we? We're more concerned about a, the age of a football coach than we are, and the capability, let me throw that in there too, the age and the capability of a, of a football coach who happens to be 77 years old, than we are the president of the United States who can't do half of what that man does. But, but we're concerned about that? That 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 warrants mentioning? Are you freaking kidding me? And it just blew me away. I, I was kind of pissed when I saw it, and I thought, man, you know, not not everybody <clears throat> who is the over the age of seventy is incapable. You know, my my dad said that well, Donald Trump, Donald Trump's old, and 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 he he doesn't show like he looks very old and. I said, but he's, vi but he's vibrant and he can finish a sentence and, and he doesn't fall over every two minutes. I said, I'm sorry. 
I mean, you know, certain people age differently. It, age affects everyone differently. And you can't sit here and tell me that, that the man is normal. Uh, and it just kind of angered me a little bit that, that, that they would put that on there. And I'm like, man, y'all just got some priorities messed up and, and really aren't paying attention. No, they want everyone arguing over something that doesn't matter. Meanwhile, the Secretary of Defense is not on the job for an entire week, or almost an entire week, and doesn't bother to even tell his boss about it. Oh, the guy that but had that doesn't the, seem to bother anyone at all. The guy that went to the hospital and, and had heart issues and never said anything? Yeah, that clown, Andrew Lloyd. A Austin or whatever Lloyd or whatever, whatever his name is, yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. So uh, he's Mr. Bug Eye Sprite, you know. Um, they used to have that car, Austin Healy, the Bug Eye Sprite. He's Mr. Bug Eye Sprite. But doesn't that lend credence to how what we've talked about and how uh, um, they are not serious people, but they are in a serious position? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, I even heard on the room a mill. I mean, if I ever, if I, if I was working for someone today, and I disappeared for a week and, and came back and said, oh, by the way, sorry I didn't call in or sorry I didn't tell you what was going on, but I had a, 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 a scare with a heart condition. Well, guess what? After two or three days, that's considered job abandonment. You don't work here anymore. Yeah, he, he goes in for a boil on his ass or something. Yeah. You know, we still don't know what, we don't know why he went in there. Unless something came out. And we should because yeah. our our political uh, officials are our answer to uh, we the people. And if we have a yeah. concern like we do with Biden that you're incapable of doing your job, you need to step down and somebody needs to go in your place. Period. Yeah. Um, he's part of the chain of command in uh, defense. And so at any rate, he goes in for some procedure, but we still haven't been told what it was for, and then goes home, has some sort of a medical emergency, and has to go back into the hospital at, in ICU. And we still don't know what that is for either. And Biden didn't know. His stupid press secretary didn't tell anybody. And his uh, deputy didn't even know what was going on until, I guess, uh, maybe the day after he was back at work. So, uh, you know, I was going to say, though, I heard through the rumor mill what the problem was, just in case we want to start a good rumor. And I sort of feel like it today because I'm so annoyed at these people. But, you know, I heard that he went in for this minor procedure that everyone knew he needed anyway. And then he did have, finally, after all these years, had his um, uh, what's that? Um, my brain has been fired. Um, I'm trying to remember this. I don't remember. 
anyway, um, had some sort of uh, uh, a mental defect fix. His, uh, what's that called when you they go in for their to get their brain scrambled? So uh, they lobotomy. Yeah, he went in for his lobotomy. Yeah, that's what it is. He went in for his lobotomy. Oh, you know, God. And, and they did this little lobo lobotomy operation. You mean he actually it. had a brain to do a lobotomy on? Well, that's what they were so surprised at because yeah. he's so old. Yeah, yeah. And um, so he had his lobotomy, and then he went home. And then, um, sure enough, the next day they found out that he his wound and his head had been infected because his head had returned up his rectum <laughs> and so you know he had the lobotomy and then he got this infection from oh his head God. going right back up his ass again. <laughs> so they had to send him to the hospital because he had the infection eating his brain well you know? i think that's one of the most uh Underreported uh, afflictions in the United States of America is uh, head up your yeah. ass disease. Well, the problem is if you have it and you need a lobotomy, then what I learned from this little rumor mill thing was that you shouldn't try to fix one without fixing the other because the habit of having your head up your ass will then get your lobotomy wound infected. <laughs> So, you know, I'm just waiting for that to come out. You know, so many things that I've called on this show have happened that I would just be fascinated if this one came through. Well, you know, it, <laughs> it, I, I literally pulled that out of my ass. It originated, you know, it's one of those things that it's kind of like the, the uh, university president uh, that was just, that she resigned, but it took a while. Yeah. Uh, I, so this started out as really a non-story and has escalated to the point where uh, the guy needs to go. I mean, you're a civil servant. And you decide or, or undecidedly go into the hospital for like a week and, and nobody knows why or where you're at. I mean, seriously? The only person that, that does that more and has like the worst case of head up your ass syndrome is Joe Biden. I mean, like I was watching uh, something the other day and, and the subject came up like during Christmas time or something that, that he was gone, but nobody knew where he was. I mean, they were, they had to verify it. They're like he's out of the country in some on some island or something, and then it turns out he was at Camp David, but no, nobody knew. Right, like like there was nobody there was nobody that knew where he was to put their nose their finger under his nose for proof of life, because they didn't know where he was at. <laughs> like, you know exactly. how does, how does that happen? I mean. Uh, well, he, he and I guess, off you know, and some would make the argument. Some would make the argument that they don't have to report every single day of every minute of where they're at and what they're doing. Well, why not? You know, they're a public figure, and 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 I, I think what escaped a lot of people. It's kind of like with the Capitol; it's a public place, a courtroom; it's a public place, and those people that serve in those public places don't have the right to privacy. If you're a public servant, 
You don't have the right to privacy. You do in your own home. But while in the course of your duties, you have no right to private, you don't have no right to privacy. It's similar to like, uh, you know, people, if you watch some of the, the, uh, the clips on, on YouTube or whatever with um, uh, people who do, do uh, First Amendment audits, and, and they yeah. walk into a post office and they're videotaping and the, and the person behind the counter says, I didn't give you permission to videotape me. Well, I don't need your permission because you're in a public place. I mean, if you went to Disney World and you wanted to take a picture of your family, but you didn't want the hundreds of people behind them to be in the picture, you don't have the right to walk up to them and say, can you all just move out of the way for a minute? You're in a public forum. You have no right to privacy. If you, if you Ron, uh, took a phone call on your cell phone and I, I was standing next to you, it is, not, it is not my responsibility to move away from you because it's a private phone call. It's your, it's your responsibility to make your own privacy in public. It's just like a police officer telling you you can't stand on a sidewalk and videotape them during a traffic stop. Uh, yes, I can. I'm in public. There, there is, there is precedence because everybody likes to use that word yeah, for what you can and can't do in public. And, and the precedence is if you're in public, you can do anything you want to unless you're breaking the law. Period. There's there's no other there's no other like gray area or or rule or law that says you yeah. can't. Yeah. Now you can't. The, you can't. That's, the, that's into the law of the streets. Then is that they can do whatever they think they can get away with, and so can we. And if you're armed and a big ass mean motherfucker, then they'll pretty much leave you alone unless there's a whole bunch of those guys. Yeah. But look what they did during the trucker thing in uh, Canada, in Canada. Canadia? Yeah, Canadia. <laughs> where, you know, they started giving all those people trouble and running over them with horses and all of that stuff um, during the COVID BS. And... Uh, I'm like, this is Canadia for crying out loud. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're supposed to be so polite. And yet, boy, you start questioning uh, their authority, and they just take things personal. Well, so but you can be a polite socialist. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, well, that, see, the, the Canadian socialism is basically our Republican Party. I mean, just think of it that way. I mean, then you've got the the German uh, bunch of Marxists that, well, we all know how bad that turned out. Yeah. Um, so that's the Democrat. So either way you like, it's not they're they're not fighting for freedom out there. So then we have a few of us that question things, and then we end up on the GOJ list of some kind or the do not fly list of some kind, or this kind or that kind. We get our websites uh, 
so that they can't be in the uh, search engines, like, like I was telling you about my book. Uh, or you get your Facebook page, uh, Shadow Beer. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a guy running in uh, Texas right now um, for uh, Crenshaw's seat. You know, Dan, I always want to call him Ben Crenshaw. What is his name? It's Dan. 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 Yeah. Dan. Okay. Ben Dan Crenshaw is a uh, golfer. Yeah. And what a, <laughs> well, he would make such a better congressman. <laughs> I mean, the guy's incapable of being a liar. And he's as much of a gentleman as anyone I've ever even heard a rumor about. You know, if 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 all of our Congress people were like Ben Crenshaw, we would not have any problems. You know, he's just a, a total gentleman. But, you know, he's probably got too much pride to ever go into politics. But at any rate, uh, this Dan Crenshaw uh, clown, he's... Uh, you know, ex-military, and he lost an eye and all of that stuff, but he had all these promises made. And then I guess the Republican establishment got a hold of him and started shaking him down, and he's just as bad as any other Democrat running around town. And uh, the guy's got to go. He's bad news. So No, uh, yeah, and I've said that from the very beginning. Yeah, this fellow's name is Jameson. He's running against Crenshaw. And uh, I would definitely support him. I, well, I do support him. Um, but his, he was getting, I don't know how hundreds uh, of comments or clicks a day or whatever it is down there in Harris County. Yeah, well, no, Montgomery County, Texas. It's just outside Houston. And uh, he went from, you know, several hundred of, of just sharing, I don't know, a picture of a cowboy hat or something, I don't know, uh, to two or three or four or five. Wow. Just out of the blue. Yeah. Well, they, they basically shadow banned his website, even though he's running for office, just like Lauren Boebert. And, oh, did you hear about Lauren Boebert? Yeah, she's switching districts. Yeah. Well, she got a lot of flack over that, and but you had you have said multiple times on our show <laughs> that she has basically no chance to win uh, in her district, and so uh, when she did that, a lot of people gave her you know grief over it because they were like, yeah, because you can't win. Well, that's not because she's not a good representative or a candidate. It's because it's rigged. Yeah. And, 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 and when you say rigged, and when you say rigged, you know, like Donald Trump says rigged, that could mean many, many things. But the Democrats, you know, even on like shows the, like The View and all this stuff, Democrats have been accusing Republicans of gerrymandering for years. They do the exact same thing. They redistrict. They do all this stuff so that they can win these certain seats. And, and it's a game that they play back and forth. And this is another thing that the people should stand up against, is that, listen, you know, you, you don't get to, to change boundary lines whenever it's expedient for you. You know, you don't get to, you don't get to determine who, who runs where. That's for the people to, to determine. And, and, and just like I asked my dad, and, and I, was, I was shocked that I got a, 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 a left-leaning person to admit that 
Joe Biden didn't receive 80 million votes. And I said, let me tell you one other thing. If 150 plus million people don't vote in this next election, it's, it's rigged. Because that's how many, you know, voted in the last election. Now, there's argument from, from people like us that 49 million mail-in ballots? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I asked him, I said, you know, how much fraud is, how much fraud is, uh, is, is, is good is good? And how much is, is bad? For, because for me, any fraud is bad. And so in Lauren Boebert's case, They've changed, they've realigned everything. And you had mentioned, like I said before, numerous times where she has no chance. Well, uh, she happens to like what she's doing and she understands what you predicted and she changed districts. So what? Yeah, it actually happens quite a bit. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it, but it's because it's Lauren Boebert who happens to be a high-profile, you know, kind of controversial uh, individual. It's, well, oh, my God, she, it's the end of the world. She ridicules and embarrasses them, which is just not tolerated. And so they pulled out, of the stop, out all the stops, and they threw so much money at her that there's no way she was going to win. But she also has a, an issue going on with her ex-husband. And it's probably not a bad thing for the family that she moved to the front range. Um, so, so which one is she going to uh, try to represent this time? Well, the clown who is leading um, the the Congress after this term, uh, he's a, uh, if you throw some names around, I'll remember, but my brain isn't pulling it up. He, he's been really wishy-washy in the last year. Um, he's a Republican and uh, is up in the... Uh, Are you talking about Joe Buck? Buck. Oh, my God. If that isn't, if that isn't one of the biggest Marxists involved in politics, I, I don't know who is. That Ken guy... Buck. That, that guy I don't. Joe Buck, Joe Buck is the uh, baseball announcer. Ken Buck. Ken Buck. Yeah, yeah. See, we always get those because we're sports people. We get those things mixed up. But yeah, you yeah. know who I'm talking about. Ken Buck. Okay. Exactly. Sorry, Joe Buck. Even though you're a Democrat too, uh, I apologize for. No, at least he's not that Joe dumb shit Costa or whatever his name is. Oh, uh, Jim Acosta. Yeah. Oh, no. The, who's the Who's the Bob Acosta? Bob. Bob Costa. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody gets names mixed up, so it's not like well, we're having a Joe Biden moment where we can't think of, of anything. We eventually get there. Well, uh, and <laughs> neither one of us has fallen over yet. Yeah, then I, I have. have. I will as soon as I try to get up and walk, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that guy, Ken Buck. Uh, what a moron. He is not a Republican, nor a conservative. He, he's, he's right up there with John McCain and Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney and, you know, the list goes on. 
Well, he's a right-wing Nazi, according to the Colorado Democrats. I think the only reason that he wins is because he's a plant. And I, I, I mean, I, is it El Paso County? No, it's up north. It's I want to say Greeley. I don't know if that's it. Yeah, a lot of those thing. areas are not Republican. I think the most Republican area in Colorado anymore is El Paso County. Well, you might be surprised. Well, my dad, my dad said it, so, and I, I, I haven't been there, and I don't follow their politics other than when they do something stupid, like uh, yeah, you know, it's gone further and further left. Their it's, governor is on freaking videotape, acting like a moron, singing Feliz Navidad and crap, and uh, but my dad said the the sheriff is a Republican, the the mayor, um, which is the first black mayor in Colorado history, and I didn't know any of that stuff. I don't care. I I told him I wouldn't take a number two in in Colorado anymore. No, if I, I were would, to move there, I would, I would go I, to the prettiest and, and, and area a, of the state, which is the Western Slope. And that's a contradiction in terms. We we don't take shits; we leave them. But I wouldn't leave a shit in Colorado, it, you know, anymore. It's just, uh, and I told him, I said, you know, for when this started when Dick Lamb was elected, and uh, th it hasn't changed since. And I said, do you think? I said, you're from Chicago. When's the last time that a Republican was elected mayor or governor? He said, well, I don't know. I, I don't pay attention just like I don't pay attention to Colorado. And I don't pay attention to Colorado, not because I don't live there anymore. I have my family still lives there. Um, I visit occasionally. Um, but I don't pay attention to them because they've lost their freaking minds. And, and I said, here's the problem. Just like I said, it could be the problem in Illinois. Is that one city or, or you know, Denver and Boulder vote for the entire state? Is it Cook County in Chicago that votes for the entire state of Illinois? Because I'll tell you right now, driving through Illinois, southern Illinois and, and, and middle Illinois, mm -hmm. during the 2020 election, I never saw maybe one Biden sign in every single yard in the, the vast area that I covered from southern Illinois to middle was all Donald Trump. So the suburbs. Uh, but there hasn't been in uh, a, a, a Republican mayor in Chicago or Republican governor in the state of Illinois for 60 plus years. Well, it's been 100. In Chicago, it's been over 100. It's, it's, but, okay, I stand corrected. But the point is that's statistically impossible. Yeah, unless the fix is in, yeah. Just like it's statistically impossible that, that Joe Biden received 80-plus million votes. And it's statistically impossible that half the country, give or take, voted in the 2020 election. If that doesn't continue and it's not repetitive, then there's some problems. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, this whole, well... You know, everybody had buyer's remorse or just ended up not liking Donald Trump and he was not very well liked. Uh, I don't buy that. Yeah, I don't either. No. I, I don't buy that because there's always a candidate that's not liked. 
And, and several candidates have been elected president even though they weren't liked. I mean, well, look at Richard Nixon. Talk about an unlikable politician. Yeah, nobody liked him. And yet, electorally, he was one of the most popular uh, politicians ever. Mm -hmm. I mean, he landslided uh, Muskie. And he, was, he won so bad that they pulled out all the stuff, meaning the, the Democrat Party and the Marxists, as they were, you know, they were recovering from Vietnam and trying to get rid of anyone who would stop Marxism from taking over uh, the government like they ended up doing in the 70s. That was the whole goal to, for the left to accomplish out of Davos. And uh, they not only got uh, Nixon out of office, but they got Agnew out of office. And then they get this uh, lame uh, Republican in there, Gerald Ford, who was on the Warren Commission for crying out loud. Yeah. So um, the, the fix was in to put Marxism in into our government in the 1970s. And yeah, maybe uh, Nixon wasn't the most likable guy in the world, but his politics really uh, fit the country. You know, I'll, I'll give him that much. I was definitely not a big fan, but compared to an avowed Marxist like Muskie, um, boy, I'd rather have him. Um, but then we get this guy, uh, uh, who's the clown with the Washington Post that wrote all the books? Woodward. Oh, Bob, Bob Woodward. Is it Bob? Yeah, he worked. Yeah, Bob Woodford. Bob Woodward. Um left the uh, naval intelligence and all of a sudden decides to become a journalist. Oh, wow. With the Washington Compost. And his, his big story is something that falls on his desk that turns out to be his, the deep throat guy. His contact was, oh, what do you know? FBI official. And Nixon was just set up on all of that. I'm not saying that didn't happen. The, the, the break-in didn't happen at all. But how does it make its way to Woodford? Woodward. I keep on, I have a had a really good client named Woodford. Well, and, and there's also I, I really uh, like there's them. also a bourbon so, named Woodford. Uh, so well, that's true. <laughs> I almost got some today. I could use it. But at any rate. Um, you know, Woodward knows all about it. Some nothing journalist and his uh, his addict uh, partner end up breaking this big story on uh, Nixon. Well, sure, Nixon was wrong. He, he helped cover up what was done, but he had no part of what was done. Someone else sure as hell did, though, like ex-FBI and ex-CIA people. And then we have an ex-intelligence guy from the Navy and a current FBI official, seventh floor official, um, who were involved in breaking that story out to set him up. So that, that wasn't just some oddball story that came out, the whole Watergate thing. That was just a way to get Nixon out of office. That's all that was. 
So that freed them up to go and do whatever they wanted to do in our government, uh, pretty much unencumbered. And as soon as they got Agnew out, boy, is Katie bar the door. So, you know, it's just that folks don't know. Uh, people who lived in that time, like me, didn't know that's what was going on. Um, very astute older people did not know that's what was going on. But it is. That's how you have a, like the weather air, uh, weather underground. I almost called them the weather underwear. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you get them to to bomb the Pentagon, and uh, they don't get uh, executed. You know, well, was it the Pentagon yeah. or the Capitol? I, I think I'm I'm thinking it was the Capitol. Could have been, I mean, I, and and that, and that wasn't, and that was an armed insurrection, and not even. I mean, how how is how is uh. Oh gosh, here we go with names again. How is that guy and and anybody that was involved in that? Uh, Bernadine Dorn and and uh, oh yeah. Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, is he a professor at a college now? How are they still not in prison? Yeah, that was an exactly. armed insurrection. An armed mm -hmm. insurrection. They had a bomb. Yeah. Whether it was the Pentagon or the Capitol, I'm almost convinced it's the, the, the Capitol, but it, it doesn't matter. Uh, as opposed to what happened on January 6th, an unarmed riot. Or, or, you know, I don't know if you've heard this, but the FBI is going to target people like me who were who just there, that, that, that did nothing wrong. They're going yeah. after... Uh, you know, there, there's... That, that's probably why our website uh, doesn't turn out out of search engines very well. Probably. Just like my, just like yeah, my yeah, book yeah. website. That's why I thought they ought to be separated. What separated. are you... What are, I'll ask the FBI on... on technically live uh, podcast. What are you going to do to me? What charges will you bring against someone who was in public uh, and and has a right to assembly and free speech? What are you going to do that's not unconstitutional? I, I don't have any problem telling anyone that I was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. I'm not afraid of that. Uh, what they really want to do is do a watch list of everyone who was there. Well, we and, had already mentioned that they have flagged numerous people yeah, uh, yeah. as, as and, and, and people that didn't even attend the rally that just yeah. happened to fly or drive into Washington, D.C. on that particular day. Yeah. And, and they have flagged them. And, and that's unconstitutional, period. Yeah, and yet there's a ton of Dems. That I mean, don't who's have to say? Who's to that. say? Who's to say? I mean, they would literally have to prove that I I specifically went to Washington Washington D.C. and to that rally uh, on January sixth. When all I have to do, because they have no evidence otherwise, and I'm not saying that that I went specifically to Washington for that. I was just driving through and thought, you know, I want to stop here and see what, what's going down. 
Or, or I'm just going to park on the street corner and I'm going to watch from my car. I mean, what's illegal about that? You can't tell me where I can travel and where I can't travel. What I can travel for and what I can't travel for. You don't have, have a, that. There's no laws yeah. about that anywhere. I, I have this thing for hookers who look like Hillary Clinton. So I just parked at the curb and waited for her to come by. You know, that's all I was doing there. Honest, Ossifer. So again, I mean, if you see a motorcade, you know, Donald Trump's going to a rally or Joe Biden's driving, you know, to, I don't know, Atlanta for, you know, a, a fundraiser. And all these people that are lined up on the sidewalk on the side of the road, are they committing a crime? If something goes down. Or, but I mean, they're bystanders. There's nothing illegal about that. Unless you, unless you live in a country that is no longer free, that you cannot stand in a public place or go into a public place without the, the uh, FBI or, or the CIA or Homeland Security uh, accusing you of doing something illegal, and they're going to flag you for it. Yeah, you got to have your papers. And, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not constitutional, and it's certainly not uh, the law of the land. So, again, here's a situation that people just kind of go, oh, yeah, well, those, those who advocate for this, uh, they may not even know they're a Marxist. They may think they're on the right side of justice and, uh, you know, like my dad uh, saying that what changed his perception of Donald Trump was January 6th and... You know, I, I would submit that uh, he, he didn't do anything illegal, although they're trying him, you know, in, in, the court of, in a court of law for, for oh, doing... Oh, did you hear about this? Uh, maybe not. Fat Fanny Willis. Did you hear about this today? No. Guess who has been screwing the special prosecutor? Oh, you're kidding me. No, even I couldn't make that up. I should have used that instead of the... Oh, it goes Andrew, to my theory Andrew, that they're all Andrew, like, in the whatever. same yeah. circle for the love of God. Yeah. They yeah. are all connected in one way or another, one way, one way or another, even if it's by uh, penile penetration. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, her I mean, office... We have, we, have, we have gay people, you know, gay people that work for representatives in Congress having sex on the, the House floor. They're, they're all connected, yeah. right? <laughs> well, they, they all read the same chicken on trails. Oh, my God. Part of the same voodoo. So, you know, this will go down, this part of history, Ron, in my opinion, will go down as the, the worst time, if we even survive, the worst time in American history. Worse than, than slavery, worse than the Civil War. I mean, I, I think that this will go down as the most ridiculous time in the history of our country. Well, I don't disagree because what we're experiencing is not American. Exactly. You know, the other things that you bring up were American. Good, bad, or indifferent. They were part of our, our true story, what really happened here. Mm -hmm. How we got formed how we had to uh, grow through differences, 
who had to change, how we had to keep working, because we were not, we were never perfect. The goal was to become more perfect, but we were never perfect. But what we have now is an anti-America movement going on, and it is, there's nothing American about it. They may be United States citizens, but they're not Americans. Um, you know, and so that's anyway, where I was floored. He's been screwing the letter. She's been screwing the Smith a prosecutor. Do you talk about office. Jack Smith? No, 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 no. The uh, the guy who's the special the prosecutor down there in the in Atlanta. Um, oh, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's yeah, another. I can't remember. He's another guy okay. that has never passed up a buffet. Well, I, I don't. I know who you're, I know who you're talking that's about. That's the guy. In, that's the guy in New York. Um, this guy, I don't know. I I haven't I haven't seen but maybe one picture of him. Oh, okay. I just I just refused. But nothing good has happened in Atlanta since. Well, there's there's so Truman, these Truman people are so alike that you that can't was, you can't differentiate. Well, it's the black Marxist movement. You know, it's. That's all it is. It's it's the black Marxist movement. Oh. They're all black. They're black Marxists in all of these cities. They're they're pushing these crazy things. They're all the same people. They are they are all connected. Well, here anyway, let, let, her office pays let, for his. Then he takes her on vacations. He's taken her to the Caribbean. To uh, I think it was San Francisco, some other place. Wow. They go to all these fancy places. But her office is paying his, and then he buys the tickets, and they're using it for personal use. So again, here we have an example of the criminals that are really the criminals, you know, uh, getting away with stuff they shouldn't be doing and, and, and prosecuting and persecuting a person that, by all accounts, he's never been found guilty of anything as of yet, uh, you know, projecting all these evil things that he's supposedly been doing his whole life. When, well, when see, but prior to running for president, he, he was, the, he was the, uh, the chicken and the bag of chips. But see, this is a different, this is a different defendant, though. This isn't even Trump. No, it's, no, but this I'm is, just saying this. This is, this is one of the, this is one of the co-defendants of his who was a campaign worker who managed to get copies of documents from her uh, divorce filing. And there's all kinds of documents in there. And as soon as this story hit public, all of a sudden the judge sealed the divorce record, which mm -hmm. happens like zero times a year in any city, because it's just not an appropriate thing to seal unless there is something top secret or something that hurts one of the children. So there's no reason to seal the divorce record. But they did just to protect any more documents from coming out. So ridiculous. All, yeah. So basically those two people need to be strung up by the yard arm and then probably uh, at least have the prosecutor uh, substituted and uh, maybe even start over. But this campaign worker is is probably going to get himself out of trouble, and he may have set up a little Rodama. Uh, you just never know how this stuff happens. It's just 
They, they, these people in the judicial branch do not care. They want to do all the harm they can. They don't even care if they get up to the Supreme Court and lose because the goal is to harm Trump. It's not to ultimately put someone in, in prison because they, they broke the law. They may want him in prison or all of these people in prison, but it has nothing to do with them breaking the law. They just want to do evil things. It's what do you think? What do you think about um, government-appointed judges? Well, boy, that is really a great question. It is, and 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 uh, you know, it's similar, you know, to the the battle of the White House when it's it it's so important that you know one side gets elected because it's possible that two supreme court justices might resign uh but at the federal level in our federal court system the appointment of judges uh is it the the how how it is conducted is questionable to me uh well it's how the it's how the Marxists were able to take over the country. Well, but here's the thing: they all have to go in front of. It was between that and between control of the uh, Department of Justice. Yeah, those are the two things that enabled the Marxism to take over the country. Well, if you ever watch some of the hearings, when you know, because they have to be, they're they're not appointed by the president, and then they're a shoe in. They have to go in front of you know. Uh, a committee and, and be approved. But you, you, you can watch someone like John Kennedy pick apart one of these uh, nominated judges and they get, they get, a, they, they get a pass and they're, and they're, I mean, they, they point out some of the most craziest things that these people have said, they have printed, they have tweeted, uh, they have written about and they get appointed anyway. Yeah. Even even with a majority uh, Republican House of Representatives, they still get appointed. So so they're complicit. I mean, would it be a stretch to say they they should also be elected and and have to run for those seats? Well. At a federal level, you mean? Yeah. I mean, I yeah, know that would be a it'd be a huge undertaking, and 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 maybe logistically, and you know, uh, as far as the process goes, maybe impossible to do. But I, I don't think that that presidents who who are that, I mean, they're ideologues. Uh, are appointing someone based on constant the constitution and upholding the law we know that to be a fact i mean some of the charges that have brought, been brought against trump i mean you have the so-called experts like alan dershowitz who's not a republican by any stretch of the imagination or you have uh uh 
constitutional scholars that are like, hey, these charges should have been dropped. No reasonable yeah. prosecutor would have brought these charges. You know, like you're saying, with the, uh, uh, the sealing of the divorce documents, that's never happened in history. Why would they do that? So yeah. we, we have justices and, 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 and uh, judges in, in federal courts that are political activists. And, and until we fix that, which is, a, to me, a major problem, uh, charges against presidents, former presidents, current presidents, they're, they're going to continue to happen when... What's the basis for it? Well, yeah, I mean, we already have judges elected in municipal, county, and yeah. state courts. Of course. I don't know that I care much for how corrupt those are either. I, you know, I think that when you got a anything where someone has to run for office and spend money, and that's, you know, most of us don't want to do that kind of crap. Um, but do you not maybe run into the possibility of of making things even worse? Is kind of what I'm thinking. Well, I, um, I, that was just a suggestion. I'm not saying that's the way we should go, but how do we fix it? That's another well, major that, problem. Well, it's one of the biggest problems that we have, and I honestly don't have a solution. Um, I think that the judicial branch needs to be completely overhauled. The best way to do it, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Um, so I, I so. It has to happen, and this just popped into my mind. It has to happen during the vetting stage. So if you look at, a, at a, a possible Supreme Court judge or a federal judge, and you ask them to define what a woman is and they can't, then they are disqualified. You're dismissed. If they can't answer simple questions, if they can't be honest, and you know they're being deceptive or they're not answering a question uh, uh, for, on purpose, then they're immediately dismissed. I mean, it, uh, even a caveman knew the well, difference between a man and a woman. Yeah, I think <laughs> at some point the, the solution may be the same for all three branches, which is some form of, uh, shall we say, a citizen's watchdog group committee, organization, militia. what have you. Yeah, a militia. That's a good one. Yeah. So, you know, there's some sort of outside of the government citizens who say exactly what you're saying. There's, uh, sorry, if you can't answer a question like that, you're disqualified. You know? Um, you know, no one's asking you to rule on... Uh, something right now and no, no one wants you to reveal how you might work. But we do want to know what your thought process is on certain things. But having this sort of show trials like Joe Biden did with the Senate and people like, uh, well, everyone who was uh, heard while he ran the Judiciary Committee, um, 
they didn't get a fair shot. But that was all part of how he was serving the Marxist movement in this country. Um, it, it just becomes a lot clearer now that that's why people were so loyal to Joe Biden to run for president is because he was carrying the Marxists from Davos's water all through the time that he was in the Senate and especially while he was running the Judiciary Committee. Uh, they were using him to block all anyone who might vote against Roe v. Wade. So isn't that a lot clearer to understand why he did that now? Oh, yeah. Than it was well, then. You had, I mean, yeah, you had I mentioned. Pinnacle, but. You had mentioned uh, black Marxism. Yeah. And I, I had uh, prepared a clip before we, we started our conversation today. And I don't know if you saw this. Um, but Joe Biden was at uh, Mother Emanuel Church in South Carolina where the, the shooting happened. And uh, let me play this for you. And I don't know if, they, if this video clip goes as far as what I had saw before, but I want to play this for you. It's a truth. The truth is under assault in America. As a consequence, so is our freedom, our democracy, our very country, because without the truth, there's no light. Without light, there's no path from this darkness. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Cease fire just said he's been quietly working to get israel to reduce their uh basically you know calm down their uh, attack and then to get out of gaza basically but but did you nothing? hear so my biggest takeaway from this whole thing is 
and, and I seen the crowd that was at, at this church at the time. They panned out and, you know, showed the protesters and, and blah, blah, blah. But the vast majority of people that were in attendance at this, at the Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston, South Carolina, were black. And what stood out to me was the chant for four more years. And I would, I would ask the black community the same thing that Donald Trump asked them. I mean, you, you've been ignored and, and used and abused and uh, disregarded for so long. Vote for me, what do you have to lose? They can't tell me that the past four years have been better, their lives have been better under the Biden administration. Now, I know this is probably a selected group and it's a, a you know, a, a pro-Biden group of people. But you have to ask, why are you, why are you supporting him? What has he done mm -hmm. for you? Yeah. As a white person, I'll say he hasn't done crap for me. As a matter of fact, things are, are so much worse. And, and I asked my dad that uh, when we had our conversation. Um, you know, what's better for you? As a small business owner, my insurance keeps going up. Uh, homeowner's insurance keeps going up. As a matter of fact, they said there's going to be a 30% increase this year alone. Uh, is that another a tactic to drive people out of their homes? They don't want us to own property. I mean, that's a way of control, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my question would be, what, what are you supporting? What specifically are you supporting? What specifically has he done? The same way that, that, the great and glorious second coming with Barack Obama. And there are very, uh, uh, quite a few people in the black community who despise that man because he didn't do anything. You know, we often hear candidates say, you know, promises made, promises kept. And then we also have candidates that, and, and people that are elected that, that all they can say is promises made. They can't say promises kept because they, they get elected and then they do the opposite of what they say they're going to do or they absolutely do nothing at all. I mean, you know, not that press conferences are the biggest thing, you know, or the biggest litmus test for whether someone's a president or not. <clears throat> but Donald Trump got, you know, admonished for holding too many press conferences, being in the public too much. I don't believe I've seen a press conference from Joe Biden in three years. Yeah, I don't remember seeing one at all. I mean, he sends his lackeys out like, you know, cringe. Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jaslaber. 
uh, to do all the, the talking. I've never seen him walk into that press room and say two words. No. And, and I'm not saying that's what, that, that's what makes a good president. I'm just saying that, you know, he's, he's like, now you see me, now you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's you know it's like a just, it's like a he's pimping everybody. Yeah, yeah it's like prepared. it's like a where's Waldo <laughs> mm-hmm. type of presidency, and you know we want to hear from our president every once in a while. And the problem is that when we do, we don't understand what the hell he's saying. Well, I've got my own question, but I'll probably just make everybody mad at me if I ask it. But I'm like. I thought Emmanuel was a guy. Where since when was Emmanuel a mother? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that one. I know. I'm so cynical sometimes, and yet it's a valid question. You know, Emmanuel is uh, isn't that supposed to be about the baby Jesus? Well. Everything, everything has to be inclusive. Uh, but, that's that's but, the whole the, the whole equity thing about our country. The, the Mother Emanuel Church, though, that is based on a really old, like two hundred year old church mm-hmm. out of, um, I think it was Baltimore. It's a really old black congregation. Uh, and they called themselves Mother Emanuel. Now, I'm, I'm assuming that this church down there that where they had the shooting and everything, whenever it was, uh, is is named after that, or maybe it it moved there for all I know. I, I, I'm completely ignorant about it. If it was, you know, St. Uh, Francis Assisi Church, you know, Catholic, I wouldn't know. I think, if I remember correctly, this is Episcopal or something. But I wonder how, and I, I know I shouldn't think out loud because I get in trouble, but I'm just wondering how on earth Emmanuel is a guy, and yet the church's mother Emmanuel, um, what did I miss? I, re- I mean, I'm, I'm asking a question mainly, not, not to be cynical, I realize it can be that way, but... I really want to understand that. How does because uh, I, I remember having that question when the shooting happened. Was mother man? Huh? <laughs> um, I mean, one of the guys I knew in Kansas City, his first name was Ma- uh, Manuel, which I mean, he was Italian. I mean, they didn't go by Emmanuel so much as his nickname was Manny. Yeah. So you know, yeah, his name was Emmanuel, but he. Went by Emmanuel, but those of us who were friends called him Manny. Fine, I, I got that. You know, I'm not Catholic, but I understand the Emmanuel stuff, but not Mother Emmanuel. I mean, sorry, I'm just off on the tangent here because I just, my, my brain went there. It's too late for me, right? And I need to eat dinner. Um, but uh, that's what I think of when I think of that church. Like, yeah, that is a little mm-hmm. bizarre. Yeah, I, I guess I need to look that up because obviously I didn't the last time when the shooting happened. Um, 
So maybe that would help me, but it's just an honest question. It just seems odd to me. Um, but uh, I don't know why they are so loyal, but there's no way these folks will ever go Republican. That is a that is part of the black uh, population that will not become Republican. They are so ingrained in the Marxist way of thought that they're not liberal. They're not, you know, um, there's the whole black liberation uh, theology that is, is part of that stuff too. I mean, it's not even like the, Who's the who's the black uh, preacher who always seems to stir up so much trouble? Al Sharpton. No, 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 no. He's he's a um, a Muslim. Oh, I don't know. He, he was friends with um, Muhammad Ali. Anyway, Mal Malcolm X. No, no. Anyway. Um, He's not in the news too much anymore because he's uh, so much older. But oh, Louis Farrakhan? Farrakhan. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just where to, he, he's not even part of all of that. Um, and I get it, you know, just because they're black doesn't mean they're all, they're all going to be the same way religiously white people are not going to be all the same way religiously. I mean, it would be, uh, I don't know, uh, not a good idea in my view to call something the white liberation theology. But the only reason it has that nickname or name as a, as a race uh, identifier is that it's specific to the, the black world. You know, people coming out of bondage and such and being liberated and where their future is and how to live and that sort of thing. I don't think it, if it's intended to be disparaging, uh, I'm not aware of it. It's just a way of, of teaching religion as far as I know. Um, but my only point is, is that so many folks that, uh, who are part of that are also similar to the, uh, the church that the Obamas went to in Chicago. That guy was a big black liberation theology guy, um, as well as this uh, Mother Emanuel outfit. They're just, they're very prone to Marxist ideology. And so are these various district attorneys and prosecutors who are going after Trump's people, Trump and, and Trump's people. That it's like, why are they all black? Why are they all Democrats? Um, you know, it's so disproportionate to the population and the years of skills that other folks have in, in these cities. Why are they allowed carte blanche to go do things that most cities would would shake their head at and say, we don't want our budget going there. That's a loser. What the hell are you thinking? Are they getting money from someone to fund these things is my implication. Um, I hope that is clear. If not, I'll say it again. 
Are they getting money from someone? Some rich billionaire guy to fund all of these prosecutions? And that's why they don't have to make, you know, financial decisions like most cities would. And they don't even prosecute, you know, street crime. So these these cities are not safe to walk the streets. And yet they've got you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to throw at something that's a, a nothing burger. Uh, it, it makes no sense to me. And yet, where's the critical thinking about something along those lines? You know, do you think uh, Giuliani would have been given all that money and freedom to go prosecute the mob? No, he had to he had to justify every case he ever brought financially. All it, it's just part of the job that a DA or a prosecutor has to do, whether they like it or not. It's the hey, I know we have this guy six way from Sundays, but it, it'll cost us way more money than it's ever worth. We can go convict four people for what a trial against this guy would be. That it's just part of the real world. Yeah. So why are these people immune from that? And why are these cities immune from that? Where's the money coming from? I think it's a fair question. Yeah, and uh, I, I think, put an exclamation point on that, is our government doesn't have any money. I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about how California is so... Uh, detriment, you know, it's so important to the United States because of its GDP. There's $68 billion in debt. So the government doesn't have any money. And what's surprising to me, and, and I think is a good point that, that you bring up, is where's the money coming from? If they don't have money and they're in debt, then they certainly don't have money to, you know, to do all these off-the-wall laws and prosecutions and all this other stuff. Unless all they care, unless all they're doing is borrowing because they don't care. You know, just like our federal government, they're borrowing and borrowing and borrowing and they're, uh, you know, they, they know they don't have to, to shoulder the burden and it'll be passed on to another generation. Well, see, that was part of the big lie of the, the COVID uh, stimulus, is that that didn't go to people, that went to governments. So, yeah, or, or, or cherry-picked uh, uh, corporations, sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so... I don't know what the answer is that, you know, no one knows where the money's coming from. It's just at some point, somebody has to get paid. And if these cities are that in debt, then they're going to want to be bailed out. And uh, I don't have a problem with letting them go bankrupt. I don't have a problem with the state going bankrupt. In fact, I think if they all had to pay back their co their fraudulently earned COVID uh, reimbursements, they'd probably mostly have to file bankruptcy anyway, which is probably what I'd do if I yeah, was Yeah, and, and, and just to, 
to add something real quick, you sent, you know, I started to watch that uh, interview that you sent over from the nurse. Oh, yeah. And I didn't make it very far into it, but the, just right off the bat, uh, or maybe it was one of the, I think it was in the uh, preface or, or whatever, when they were saying that the hospitals were full, they weren't actually full. They were empty. Exactly. That's, that's bizarre to me. Uh, because why more people didn't come out and speak uh, about this? It, it's shocking to me, and it, it bothers me, you know, because, you know, we're, we're, we're conditioned now. If you see or hear something, say something. But, but not a whole lot of people have come out and said, hey, you know, this is what really happened and this is what we saw and this is what we experienced. And, and you know, maybe, maybe that threat of retaliation, you know, just like the threat of the FBI uh, going after just anybody who happened to be in the vicinity of the January 6th rally, that people are just scared anymore. We're not supposed to be scared. You know, I'm not. I don't give a shit what the FBI says. Yeah, but you got to realize it, and you probably do. I learned a long time ago that if you're going to stand on principle, you better plan on standing alone. Well, for sure. That's that. Yeah, that is most people. Most, most people won't. Yeah. Um, because uh, I don't know how many times I've actually uh, had people pull me aside and say, I know what you're doing here, but we can't do that. You know, I have a family to feed. You know, we're doing this for a living. You're doing this while you're in college. Um, we're doing this for a living. You're a youngster and you're the so-and-so executive and we're working a career here. We have to have this work. Even if it's wrong, even if it's unethical, so I get that, where people get more concerned about their own interests than what might be right or wrong. I totally get that. Completely respect it. I've just always been the guy that said, I don't give a shit what happens to me. I'm going to stand up and, and fight if something isn't proper. That's how I got called to go do things most people would not, was that folks knew that I would go get something done. Um, things that most people don't have the guts to do. Um, and you know, a couple of those things, but believe me, it was way more outrageous than you know about. Um, but that's how, you know, we're not all meant, we're not all cut out to be that way, I guess is what I ought to say. We're not all cut out to be warriors. And most of us, frankly, don't have the talent because we don't, most of us don't know when to stop tilting at windmills and when to go ahead and charge. You know, we, we just haven't had our skills sharpened enough to know when it's, when's the battle worthwhile and when should you keep your damn mouth shut? I've run into that myself. Yeah. That's how I know. <laughs> so, um, it's just that 
I ran into this in, in the uh, uh, grievance that I filed with this hospital system. And it gets to the exact point you're talking about with this nurse and other people in that industry. How many hospitals exist in a certain market? Here, there's one hospital. Down there, there's two hospital systems. Um, I don't know where you're at, but how many hospitals do you have to choose from within a half hour drive? Uh, probably two. Two, okay. So if you get in trouble at one because you stood your ground, then obviously the whole thing becomes, if you wanna go get a job at the other hospital, well, why did you leave your other job? Those people are pretty nice. I mean, I know we're competitors, but you know, we hire their people, they hire ours. If I called your supervisor over there, what would they tell me? Oh, that I didn't want to, you know, I blew the whistle on the COVID protocols. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. So, thank you so much. Thanks for, for your application. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's exactly what these people are afraid of. I don't care if you're a surgeon, a CEO, um, a CFO. If you blow the whistle, you're going to be making a move not just from that job, but you're gonna be moving markets from one city to another, from one major hospital to a small town hospital or a clinical setting. You're gonna be making a sacrifice in your job earnings and benefits. That's what they're afraid of. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, it, the, that's the repercussions that uh, cancel culture has, you know, transformed how how everything works well or is supposed a, to work yeah it existed before but cancel culture has has uh basically uh that's not even a, a squared that's not that's an x cubed equation now that's how important it is mm -hmm. so i i completely understand folks not willing to step forward uh, now, in other industries, it would be easier, but that does help to explain some of it within the hospital settings. Uh, and yet, I'm sadly displeased. Well, yeah, I so can't. that brings up the question of when did it become taboo to express the truth in, in the United States? I mean, isn't that what we've always been about? Well, or, or one of the big things we've always been about is, is being truthful. And having morals well, and ethics and... I mean, especially in a scientific setting. Oh, yeah, because everything's about science anymore. Well, I mean, COVID should have been about science, but it was not. It's like, what, what happened to medical science? Well, they didn't use that. They were too busy to do that. Uh, and the same situation as the case with that deal on Kyle, on uh, Tucker Carlson I mentioned to you that uh, came out, the interview with the fellow that uh, just resigned from Harvard because he didn't want to be part of their uh, ghost ship any longer, mm -hmm. but really a highly educated and influential scientist on uh, the effects of, uh, well, he, he's basically studied the effects of the sun on climate change. 
and, and I'll tell you, he doesn't come up with data that agrees with anything coming out of the China, the climate change lobby. Um, because no, and, and most of the people, most of the scientists that espouse climate change um, are all like, I think they're a victim of what you just described. Oh, I have to agree with this because if I don't, I'm not a, a member of the scientific community anymore. Because well, anyone, uh, any scientist who comes out and says, uh, you know, climate change, you know, two degrees in, in a century uh, does not account for, you know, a dramatic change in the climate. Yeah. Uh, they're, so, they're automatically, like I always say, you're dismissed. They're, they're both a prisoner of the same thing, only from, slight, from slightly different perspectives. The hospitals and COVID has more to do with the AMA, the regulators, it, it, but it does all boil down to medical reimbursements. So it, money. Yeah. And the so-called scientists in uh, climate change, for example, uh, is the same thing, uh, as is the same thing with every other level of higher education, which is you get what you pay for. If you, if the source of the money wants a certain kind of result, then that's what you have to provide them or you don't get money. That's why Fauci was really so influential. It wasn't because he was some big-time scientist or some smart guy or anything. He just had control of the purse strings. If he wanted to fund um, experimental projects in Wuhan, he knew how to uh, give the money uh, to get what he wanted, even though it was highly risky research, and he covered his ass. It's mm -hmm. just that simple. Yeah. Um, but he controlled the money. So... We're, we're getting what the government especially is funding in higher ed, uh, whatever those bureaucrats want. If they want to see, uh, let's say, chemical uh, solutions, meaning pharmaceuticals, they want to see pharmaceuticals pushed as part of medical uh, treatments, then they're going to fund research that finds issues with respect to uh, problems that can be solved pharmaceutically. Uh, why hasn't cancer been uh, cured by now? Why don't we know more? Like I, I wrote on a, uh, I think mutual friends, yeah, uh, posting, I think it was this morning actually on MS about uh, several people with MS in my family. Mm -hmm. Well, why isn't that, has that not been studied the hell out of? Just like Jerry Lewis's telethon for muscular dystrophy. Yeah. Um, why haven't that, those not? Do you, do you, do you understand? And, and I know you do. This is a rhetorical question. But like what, rhetorical what, butler? Yeah. And run with the wind? Yeah. yeah. But do you, do you understand what would happen to the pharmaceutical industry and the amounts of money that they would lose if there was a cure for cancer and a cure for uh, 
uh, muscular sclerosis or muscular dystrophy. I mean, they would stand to lose billions and billions and billions of dollars because a lot of those people rely on medications, they rely on treatments, you know, surgeries. Uh, I mean, not just pharmaceutical companies, but hospitals and doctors. The, the amount of loss of revenue Bingo. would freaking be off the yeah. charts. Bingo, bango, boingo. That's the whole COVID deal wrapped up in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, it, in, in my opinion. And that's not a conspiracy theory that, that these people have gotten together and decided that they're not going to do anything about cancer or, or MS or, or muscular dystrophy. But I would, I would go out on a limb and say, go out on a limb and say, there's probably been some conversations about it. I mean, I, I brought it up. How do we come up with a, a vaccine for COVID-19 in less than a year? But we've been studying how to cure cancer and like you just brought up, MS, uh, for a hundred years. Yeah. And, and we, we've made some major breakthroughs, but it's not a cure. It's always a treatment. Well, which is what it turned out the COVID fake vaccine was, was a treatment, not a vaccine. So, you know, if you think about it, um, the uh, coronavirus, the, the basic common cold is a coronavirus. And uh, regular pneumonia is a coronavirus. And yet we have never had a vaccine for the common cold or the flu. We've had treatments, yes. but we've never had a vaccine. Yeah, it's not a cure. So how do they, yeah, so how do they come up with something that is a vaccine for some lab created, or maybe not, if you want to play that game. Um, maybe it wasn't created in a lab. Okay. So, all right. How did that come out in a year? And yet we've never had any sort of, of a successful uh, coronavirus vaccine ever. Just treatments. Well, we don't have oh, a cure that's for because it, well, Yeah, that's because it, it's not a vaccine it's a treatment well and i and thought so, a lot about what so you why said why did you lie you know? yeah i thought about a lot about what you said that that uh you've always thought cancer was a virus because every anybody that knows anything about viruses knows that there are no cure for a virus there's there is no cure for a virus none for any virus that i mean it's not like a cure for polio or you know, uh, um, the Black Plague or anything like I, I mean, those, those were cures. I mean, for the most part, polio has been cured. Yeah, if you figure out the bacterial relationships, then yeah. But um, there, so, and I, and I mentioned the, the time that I got sick and spent time in the hospital, and they, they finally just looked at me and said, we, we don't know what's wrong with you. And my doctor looked at me and said, there are viruses that we don't even have names for, let alone treatments and cures. But, most, but I studied this because I had to get uh, certified in, in sanitizing. Uh, I didn't have to, but I did for, for COVID. So I could go in and, and sanitize a, a bank or 
you know, Walmart, whatever. Um, and I learned about viruses. And literally, viruses mutate and viruses change and new viruses are born all the time, but there's no cure for a virus. So when they came out and said, hey, get this vaccine uh, because it's, it's a cure, they lied. That, that was literally a lie. And so instead of, instead of being truthful and say, hey, this is a, you know, preventative maintenance or, or uh, you know, um, a treatment, they, they convinced uh, millions of people. I think uh, as far as the, the statistics go, over a billion people got a, a COVID-19 vaccine. Those people still get COVID. Yeah. They can still transmit it to somebody else. And then they finally said, hey, this isn't a cure. This isn't, you know, uh, this is a, a preventative. Uh, it's supposed to make the, the, um, the symptoms of COVID less for people who still get COVID. So you may not have to be, you know, put in the hospital or die from it. You'll just you'll just have lesser symptoms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a treatment. Yeah. So so it's kind of like if I go to the doctor and have, you know, uh, some sort of respiratory or or you know, and they give me a Z pack. Well, that's not a cure. That's to to lessen the symptoms so that you don't have to become hospitalized and you don't potentially die. Yeah. And it speeds the body's ability to heal itself faster. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like if you went out and took vitamin C, you know, or or whatever. Yeah, or, or had a tequila sunrise. Yeah, yeah. Or, or got some zinc or, or whatever and, uh, you know, started pumping your body full of that stuff. It's supposed to help your body al along the way. It's not supposed to cure you. If, if they could cure the common cold, and I'm sure you've heard about this. Why would CVS and Walmart start pulling, uh, you know, Dayquil and, and, and some of mm -hmm. these medications off their shelves that they potentially ha have decided do not do anything for you? They do, they do absolutely yeah. nothing. We refuse to sell them because you're spending your money frivolously. Yeah. And yet the common cold is a coronavirus. Exactly. Yeah. So, hmm, yeah, great question. Critical thinking. Oh, my, that's... Yeah, and that's I'm not saying that I, I'm, I'm giving answers and solutions. I'm just saying that I have questions that, that these so-called experts like Fauci and, 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 and like the climate scientists who say that, you know, the world's going end, to end because we're destroying it. Well, I have questions about that. As a yeah. matter of fact, yeah. I don't know if you ever saw the video, but there was a there was a climate summit uh, where scientists that that dispute climate change were the only ones that showed up. Those who advocate for for climate change, and these were like legit, you know, uh, well known scientists. They the the ones who were for climate change and said that we are destroying this planet didn't even show up. Right. There were empty seats down this whole long line of, you know, uh, uh, tables. They were empty. 
so they, so they, the ones so the ones who who dispute climate change what are they supposed to do debate and and i think one of the guys even brought this up where there's no reason why we're here we're not going to debate against each other because we all believe that climate change is a myth yeah yeah the the best thing i've heard is what i heard repeated today actually was that it has way more to do with you know climate in general but especially what has been going on since man uh has been around has uh almost everything to do with the sun and almost nothing to do with anything else. Uh, even the volcanic activity uh, doesn't have the impact that the uh, solar activity does. Like well, we all know, based on science, that the moon uh, and its, you know, gravitational force has an effect on the water in, well, in the sure. oceans. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, that, and the electromagnetic effects of the various planets rotating around have an effect too. And the moon's a big deal, as you say. And all of those things together comprise something that these climate people don't understand. Uh, this guy has a very good understanding of it, even although he doesn't know at all, because it's harder than hell to get data. And uh, no one studies this stuff because there's no money in it. Well, here's Basically something that... the same thing as the drug issue. Yeah, so, for sure. But I need to. I do need to go. We're really over time. Oh yeah, and my gosh, dog, by a and lot. The, and the, yeah, and the pups are really gonna. They're getting at me right now. You just can't hear them. I understand. I just I've had my earphones off for on one ear for about fifteen minutes, and I'm like, <laughs> okay. There's going to be a pile of something back there. Uh -oh. I don't even want to see if I don't hurry my hands up. Yeah, time flies when we're having fun, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. I'll so, talk uh, to you on Thursday. Yeah, today's Tuesday the 9th. We will be back Thursday. <laughs> Check us out online at inquiringintofreedom.com and we'll, we'll see you Thursday. Okay. Bye -bye. All right. Bye bye. <laughs>